you've taken all your learnings and you've learned from all your mistakes, why would you throw that away? That is the exact thing you should be doing. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. In today's episode, we are gonna take a peek into the life of a CEO in the fashion business. Our guest today is Jane Liu. Jane Liu founded Showpo in 2010 from her parents' garage in Sydney, Australia, having previously worked in accounting and corporate finance. With much enthusiasm for entrepreneurship, she set off to start her first business, which failed spectacularly and left her $40,000 in debt. Undeterred, she got right back on the horse, starting the the online fashion brand Showpo the following month. Relying heavily on social media marketing to build the brand, Showpo is now one of Australia's fastest growing online retailers with a cult social following of over 3.3 million followers collectively and shipping to over 100 countries. Hi Jane, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great. I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and you're calling in from Australia, right? Which, which city? Sydney. Awesome. Let's talk about your journey. You're doing amazing things. And I'm curious, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Um, I actually didn't. It doesn't, it just seems like something that's so, I, I think when we grew up, the times are very different. Like you didn't think that anyone could just go start a business. But I think now, like I feel like everyone feels a lot more empowered to actually go and start a business and chase their dreams. So at, when I was growing up, it you know, we immigrated from China. So my parents, all they wanted for me was to have a job in financial security. And what that meant was to get a job working for a big multinational corporation, uh, which at the time is ex- like, sounded like exactly what I wanted. But now I'm like, ugh. <laughs> no offense to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was your path in discovering that this is what you wanted to do? So, well, actually, I worked three years in corporate. So I'm a bit of a slow learner, I guess. So I had a degree in commerce, which is very sexy, not. Um, I worked two years in accounting and a year in corporate finance. So I really kind of gave it a red hot go before realizing. And then I went, it sounds so cliche, but I went on exchange in Sweden. So I traveled in, I spent nine months traveling. And when I came back, I just couldn't adjust back to the cubicle life. And I guess mm. I probably was just having travel withdrawals, but I grouped that all yeah. in together with, you know, not liking my life. And so when I came back, instead of looking at my path, you know, I came back and saw this career path that was just locked in. And before leaving, I was like, wow, security. And when I came back, I was like, oh my God, like just knowing that that was your life path felt so, so dull. Like, I'm like, that can't be, there's, there's no excitement Mm -hmm. in that life. So I kind of thought I'd change it up. Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, nine months off to travel is a huge deal. I don't know if that's common in Australia, but I don't know. Is, did you have to take work off and what made you decide to do that? Yeah. So I went, so it was an exchange program with uni for five months and then I met, and then I just like... So this is before you started working? So I actually worked in like a cadetship or like almost like an apprentice program kind of thing. And so I was working and okay. it was a bit of a mix. So I was working 
I don't know, it's really boring. I won't go into it, but I had the opportunity to work with whilst I was studying as well. Oh, I see. So I kind of had a head start, which is why I kind of managed nice. to fit so much in an early age. But then I think oh. I have, as, as, and I extended my exchange period because I kind of like met a boy. So then I was like, <gasps> stayed around longer. But how I even wanted to go on exchanges when I was younger, I never even wanted to travel as well. Like I didn't want to start a business. I didn't want to travel because I just wanted to be safe and to stay in the comfort zone. And then I met this boy who was mm. an international student from Belgium. So this Euro- European boy waltzed on into to my uni and I was like, oh my God, he's so dreamy. And then we start going out and he mm-hmm. starts talking about starting a business. He's always talking about starting businesses. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. You can't just start a business. He wanted to start a chain of bakeries, like mm-hmm. a European bakeries in Australia, which actually is not a bad idea. Um, and oh. other people have done that successfully um, since then. But yeah. so he wanted to talk about starting businesses and how much he traveled. And he you know, you're in, so easy to travel in Europe. And so, you know, I guess he planted these seeds, these ideas in my head, and they started manifesting. And then so it got to a point where I was like, wow, I want to do this. So I actually broke up with him to go on exchange where I met my, mm-hmm. my now husband. Oh. And now that was the catalyst into me starting my business oh, wow. so I hate that Amazing. I had to I abruptly broke up with him but if it wasn't for that I wouldn't be with my husband like who I've been with for 10 years yeah <laughs> and I wouldn't have show for so anyway it's really interesting how things just fall into place uh, yeah no that sounds really cool that obviously he led you to where you're meant to be so it was all for the best right yeah so what was your first business? I'm curious because I, I heard part of your story that you pretended to have a job and avoided your parents for six months. Was that yes. your first business or was that, it wasn't Shopo, right? I'll tell you, it's a bit of a mix. So I, that, my first business, we ran these pop-up stores. It was such, like, it's not a scalable business because we, we were doing so much manual labor every day, setting up pop-up stores in the middle of the CBD. And I was doing that as, as a side mm-hmm. hustle so when I came back from exchange, I was working at Ernst & Young, which is one of the big four accounting firms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's honestly like such, it was such a great opportunity. So I was working in this company, hating it. And then one of my friends came and said, hey, do you want to start a business with me? And I thought, wow, like this is exactly what I want. So I'm like, I don't even care what the business idea is. Yes, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so we started running these pop-up stores and then we got more and more into it. And then she wanted to take it down the bricks and mortar path. And so instead of doing pop-ups to make them permanent bricks and mortar stores, whereas I wanted mm-hmm. to make this an online store. So I actually spent yeah. a month. So basically quit my job at Ernst & Young, which seems so stupid at the time, probably does now even. So I spent a month building this website, taking photos of like taking these a thousand products myself that we had in my parents' garage, built this website, showed it to my business partner who was on holidays for a month she came back mm-hmm. showed her this website and she said you know what Jane I don't want to do it anymore I want to get a job I don't want to be poor anymore <laughs> I don't want to do this whole startup thing and I was like no just have a look at the website I swear I feel like this is essentially we were pivoting and but this is before I even knew about like startup jargon you know but yeah. she basically refused to look at the website and she said no, Jane, no one shops online. <laughs> really? Yeah. What year was this? <laughs> this is a month before I started Shopo. So this is 2010. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And, I can't and believe so, you said that. <laughs> I know. And it's like just so like 
like tattooed in my memory as well. Wow. So she said, no one shops online. And she, I begged and plead because I didn't have the confidence to do to start a business by myself. So when she said she didn't want to do business and it's so stupid, you know, I say these, I, you know, I tell you this when I feel like, how can, how could I have done this? Like it's, it doesn't, it's not logical. How could I have not have had the confidence to start, like keep the business yeah. going by myself? But I just, I really didn't. So when she said she didn't want to do the business anymore, we folded the business. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, I had this amazing job at, I was working at KPMG before and then Ernst Young. So two of the big four accounting firms, these jobs that I got starting from the age of 18 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, so I was on this perfect career trajectory of job security, financial security, climbing the corporate ladder to cut to five years later, I was unemployed and I had lost all the money that I had made from those three years that I had been working and now had Mm -hmm. a failed business. So it was a terrible track record. And because it was all in the middle of the global financial crisis, so no Mm -hmm. one was hiring in the finance or accounting world. So I couldn't just get another job. So I was yeah. literally rock bottom. I had nothing else to turn to. And then my parents, as, as I said, immigrated. We, we moved from China to Australia when I was eight. And so they sacrificed everything. They worked as cleaners. They worked in factories. Um, they, quit their, they had to leave their corporate jobs so that they could give me a chance of a better future. And so, mm-hmm. cut to, so I was like, how? And I'm an only child. Yeah. So all their eggs were in the Jane basket. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, the pressure. Exactly. And I was like, how could I possibly mm-hmm. tell them that I've just like stupidly given it all up and have nothing? I'm, how can I be, tell them I'm rock bottom? So I just didn't tell them. And I just mm-hmm. kept it to myself. So they thought you were working still. Yeah. So there was a month yeah. when I didn't have a business and I wasn't working, but I was just pretending to go to work. Yeah. And then I started Shopo. So then uh. the first five months of Shopo, I was still pretending to go to work. And then, <laughs> so I would get up every day. I was head to toe corporate. So I would, I was living with my parents. Oh, living with them. Yeah. <laughs> as an only child and I had no money, so I couldn't move out. So I would get up early every day, put on my suit, have breakfast with my parents. And my mom also worked in the city. <laughs> so my we had to get the bus into the city together it wasn't like I can just like walk out of the house and right. into the and sit in the park for a while so you pretended the, to go to work I had in the, <laughs> yeah in my suit I started oh, wow. carrying around the empty laptop bag because I was like man I'm not carrying it's too heavy There's no <laughs> point. so I literally did that for six months and I and then but I kept up the facade of having a job Right. I, well, for two years, actually, it was only when my boyfriend, who was, we were doing long distance at the time, moved to Sydney to work. I just, we never had a conversation to say, let's move in together. I just showed up. I not only showed up with all of my stuff, my toothbrush, my clothes, I showed up with all my stock as well when I started Shopo mm-hmm. and I made his one bedroom apartment a little warehouse as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> without asking (laughs) that is so funny so when you pretended to go to work during the day where where did you keep your stock and where did you work so how show pro started was I was I had one friend at the time who had his own business sorry this will lead into I didn't just go off on my own tangent this will lead into your question and so which is so crazy because I know like there's so many entrepreneurs now and I know so many people in startup, but at the time I literally had one friend and it was more of an old school family business kind of his stuff, but he was really successful. And I thought, you know, why don't I just catch up with him? Maybe I can go work for him 
and then I can learn from him or I can at least, you know, make myself really useful in his business. Mm-hmm. And then he kept saying, no, like you've got this retail experience. I know someone who also wants to start a retail business. Let me introduce you. And I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to start another retail business. Like I don't even care about retail. <laughs> like this is because I honestly, I fell into the retail industry, the fashion industry, because my ex-business partner, that that was the business idea she had. Mm-hmm. And that I, and I thought, you know, I just failed at trying to start a fashion retail store. Why would I do that again? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, now you look back and you, and you think that is the exact thing you should do because you've taken all your learnings and you've learned from all your mistakes. Why would you throw that away? That is the exact thing you should be doing. So anyway, at the time I'm like, no, no, no. And he kept insisting. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll just go meet this chick, see what happens. I'm sure we'll go nowhere. When we met up, we just hit it off. Oh. Um, we like became almost, we became besties straight away. Just, and then one night after a few too many glasses of red wine, we came up with a name and concept for Show Pony, which is what we were called at the time. And we started, so that night I came home, built the website because I had the experience now in building websites. Right. So I wanted to prove to her because she already had a successful family business in the fashion industry, but not in retail. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to prove to her that, you know, I'm not a dud, even though I had a failed business, i a great executor to so build the website that night because I had experience in it. That web that weekend we took photos. She so she found a supplier, and then within a week we started selling. And so when we because she had that family business at the very mm-hmm. start, we used a little space in her office to keep our stock. Okay, I see. So with your first business, the one that you folded, you didn't keep any of those clothing stock, or no. Okay. So what was interesting there was also that we were essentially running a market store inside a bar during its so it's a bar that's really busy in the middle of the city but it's it operates more at night so while everyone's shopping on a Saturday it's actually empty which is perfect for us to run a pop-up store and we were stocking emerging designers so very different kinds of different price points like you have at a a market like a nicer more boutique market I see so the website you built for the first business wasn't the same as the Shopo website. Yeah, very different. I see, I see. But then what I realized was the price point, the lower end price point was how, was when everything was just like, that was where people were buying. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of like led me to the fast fashion industry, I guess. I see. So all these things that I, at the time I wasn't like, oh, learning, oh, I'm, you know, you don't realize what you're learning until afterwards and you look back in retrospect. Right. And when you were building Shopo, what were you focusing on exactly? Like why why do you think you were successful? I think we were very early to the social media game. And so we were able to really make organic traffic work. And so mm-hmm. at the time when I started my business, I was actually $60,000 in debt because I had my uni debt to pay off. And then I also had because I quit my job and I was on, on this special program. They give you this allowance, which I spent when I was overseas. So I had to pay them back $20,000. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my first business failures, I had $60,000 in debt. So I didn't have any money for to start a business. And in terms of, and your main costs are marketing and inventory when you start an online store, an online fashion store. So mm-hmm. in terms of inventory, my where my business partner was so instrumental in this was that she found a supplier that was able to sell to us on consignment. So we only had to pay for whatever we sold. Oh, that's amazing. 
Yeah. yeah. And so that, and that's, you know, because you learn so you never know what your customers want. Like we still, like we have a team of buyers and planners to really try and figure it out. So when you first start, you have no idea yeah. except, and so you're going to waste so much money kind of buying the wrong stuff. Right. And so that really helped. Um, and then the other thing is marketing. And so I couldn't afford any of the traditional marketing methods. You know, at the time, back in 2010, people were doing, spending a lot of money on print mm-hmm. media, in magazines, like advertising in magazines, advertising on radio, TV ads, billboards, buses, PR. And so I couldn't afford any of that. And so just relied on Facebook marketing. And because I was just literally a Facebook addict. And why, how I became such a Facebook addict was because when I was working at Ernst & Young and KPMG, I just hated my job so much because accounting was so boring that I spent all my time on Facebook. And so at the time I thought I was nice. wasting my life. I was just, you know, it was just, and, but now it's like that taught me how to use face the ins and outs of Facebook. So yeah. our first big jump start was when we had this competition so I was like, I was at home one night feeling really sorry for myself because, you know, you know, you're on, I've started the business, but then I see all of my friends who I went to uni and high school with, they're, they're buying, they're buying apartments or they're getting promotions. They're doing, they're going on holidays. They're doing stuff that they're really getting on mm-hmm. with their life. And I'm just on my boyfriend's couch, kind of trying to start a business on my, on, on a laptop and things haven't, you know, I just feel like my, like, what am I doing with my life? This yeah. is, I'm, things are not on track, feeling sorry for myself. And then I'm watching America's Next Top Model, drinking red wine, probably half crying as I'm doing this <laughs> anyway. And then they had this like new segment that was audience's favorite, where they asked for people to vote for their, to vote on Facebook for their favorite. And I thought, this is a brilliant idea. Why don't we do this? Mm. Because then you, we basically invited our followers. At the time, we had 3,000 followers. We invited them to um, be our model. So the prize was to model for us for free. Oh. And, and so they all, they all they had to do was to get their friends to vote for them in this picture gallery. Mm-hmm. And so they literally, and these girls were all girls in our demographic. And most of their friends are girls in, their, in our demographic, asking them to come and vote for them. Yeah. So... And this is when Facebook Fangate was on. So you had to like a page, in, you had to follow a page in order to engage with it. Mm-hmm. So they are all becoming our little ambassadors, asking their friends to come and check out the show page. Mm-hmm. And then their friends, a bunch of them, would then enter themselves in the competition. So this meant, and this is, we went from 3,000 to 20,000 followers in the space Amazing. of a month. And it cost absolutely wow. nothing. And 2012, yeah. For a small business in 2012, 20,000 followers was a lot in Australia, at least. No one like really had that. I mean, that's such a great idea. I remember those, like, it's a great tactic, especially for that time. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people did do that. And, you know, I'm probably concurrently, but because within, I think, this little space in Australia, we were the first to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, one of the first that we can see that it really had that first mover advantage and just gained so much traction because I saw other people do it without as much traction. So that was just, what that also gave me was this confidence that I could do it, that I had something different to offer and that it kind of helped me like feel that Mm -hmm. confidence back from the business failing and also gave me the confidence that social media was really powerful and to like, back it up like to back it a lot more as well Mm -hmm. I love it 
Hi loves, let's take a break and talk about how to make 2020 your best year. As an artist of life, you have the power to envision and create the life you've always wanted. So as we enter a new decade, seize this opportunity to take action towards your dreams in 2020. To guide your year, I created the 2020 Artist of Life Workbook, a journal filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises to help you self-reflect, clarify your vision, set goals in all areas of your life, execute your goals, and track your progress monthly with sections on self-love, overcoming fear, habit tracking, gratitude journaling, and more. The Artist of Life workbook keeps you accountable and guides your growth throughout the year. It's a tool to keep you inspired, motivated, and organized, helping you live your best life. All the exercises within have personally helped me change my life for the better, and I'm confident that they'll do the same for you. To get started, go to shop.lavendare.com to get your copy of the 2020 Artist of Life workbook. Again, that's shop.lavendare.com so i noticed that your instagram handle is the lazy ceo yeah. and i'm just curious where does this come from and is that your what's your actual work ethic like yeah so it's probably not uh, a accurate depiction to to call myself lazy but i do so i mean initially i decided on the lazy ceo because i was late to the instagram private account game my account used to be the show pro account and then so Jane Lou was already taken. So that was kind of why it's the lazy CEO. But I, I think it's also the fact that what I learned over the years was to work in order to grow a business, to move from just a startup, a little business to a proper company is you need to leverage on really smart people around you. It's about building a brand, building a business brand where you can really inspire great people to want to join your team. So getting great people to join and then inspiring them to work really hard and kicking really and kick goals and so and then also to move on underperformers because they actually drag down the whole team. So actually it's all about your team. And so being lazy is almost a virtue because instead of trying to do everything myself and micromanaging, you know, to actually spend time setting up systems, setting up processes and finding the right people. That has been the key to our growth. Mm, yeah, that's great. So can you walk us through a typical day or week in the life of your work day? Yeah, sounds cliche, but it really changes a lot. So yeah. I think so. I'm heavily involved with the day-to-day kind of stuff. So, you know, so on a Monday morning, you would have, I guess, your trade meetings. So you look at your, your numbers from the week with a bunch of people in the team, and then you'll go by department. So you have a marketing meeting. And then there's product meetings with your product team. And then I'll try and catch up on emails, but normally there's no time. Honestly, it's just back-to-back meetings. And sometimes I do the occasional like podcast or like um, content piece. It's just all about working with people mm. in our team and just, you know, everyone's just working so hard and they can, mm. kind of come to me to get things signed off or just to help facilitate what they're doing. It's literally back-to-back meetings. Some days I don't even get to sit at my desk. <laughs> right. And this is Monday or is this most days? That's probably most days. Oh, and wow. so on a good day, I check. I get to check my emails during the work hour. I mean, just the work day. But a lot of times I had to check it after work. Mm. But that's fine. But that's the other thing about being the lazy CEO. I feel yeah. like it's not work like because I really love what I'm doing. Yeah, that's the amazing part. Yeah. <laughs> right. So now I have some questions from our Facebook group that I want to bring up. So Vivi says, 
I'm on the journey to start a business in fashion. I often lose motivation and procrastinate and I and never end up starting. How do I actually make this dream a reality? I mean, I think you just have to, it sounds so cliched, but I think you just have to do it because I think why you're probably procrastinating is because you think you have to do so much in order to get it started. And then so you think you need to clear out time in your, your schedule. You need to, there's a big mountain to climb in order to get started. But I think mm-hmm. if you just start really yeah. small, then you can learn and you'll pick up momentum. I think the biggest motivator is actually seeing a little bit of success in what you're doing. So I think that is the first thing to kind of get started and to not overinvest in the first place. What do you mean by that? In terms of like not buying too much stock, not going too heavy with one campaign. Um, So the first thing, I guess it's like, if you're, if you're not sure how to start, start an Instagram account without the product, try and build a following, try and have a story. Like that is, that's something you can easily do in your spare time. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, I always say, if you have time to go to the toilet, you have time to go on social media and to, because people are always like, oh, I don't have time for this. So the organic traffic I had back in with Facebook, that's completely gone now, but you can still get that with Instagram. And I think if you're going to start a business without tons of funding, and even if you do have funding, you need to pretty much be on Instagram. So, and I think that's, if you want to start a fashion business, it's, you got to have great product and you need to understand how to market yourself on social media and with influencers. Mm-hmm. I think that is the key. So in the interim, just at least just work on bits of all of them. And there's an the Instagram account. You might as well just start because, you know, imagine how many followers you would have had if you just started a year ago, even if you don't have, you, even if you don't have a website or a product for another year, but think about how many followers you would have had if you just started earlier. Awesome. So another question we have from Connor is, how do you deal with negative reviews or criticism about your business? I think you have to take it on as feedback. There's always going to be negative reviews and that's because there's always, oh my God, if you ever think business is going to be perfect, the more you do, it's like, it's like Minesweeper, you know, like every step (laughs) you take, yeah, you uncover so many bonds. And so you just have to use like, and you know, it's great when people give you feedback. I mean, and, and there'll be times when they're just, you know, there's times when it's coming from nowhere and it's not right. There's times you get feedback and people are just being nasty. And, but that's just the internet and you just have to accept it. You know, the first time I ever had, you know, the daily mail, do you Mm -hmm. have that? Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the daily mail is where, all the trolls in the world congregate. So we had this article about, and there was just so many nasty um, comments. And I was like, wow, I've got negative comments that just nasty comments out of nowhere. I feel like I've made it. Cause you know, yeah. I feel like when you're just starting. <laughs> you have haters, you made exactly. it. Exactly. When you're just the underdog, yeah. everyone is like, yay, good on you. But when you've got people who are haters, you're like, wow, I'm not the underdog anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Jane. So now I have some rapid fire questions for you. The first one Mm -hmm. is What does your dream life look like? This, I honestly, this is it. This, and just, I just want to, I've just got married. Um, congrats a month ago. Thank you. And I just like, just so in love. And I just want to keep being in love and being happy and just being really fulfilled every day at work. I love it. All right. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? I just read Shoe Dog, the Nike book. 
Oh it's yeah, so the Nike good. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. What is one habit that has changed your life? On Sundays, I'm completely so. Sometimes I'll I'll work. I might I'll probably work tonight to midnight or two a.m. Just I'll just keep going. If wow. I have work to do, I'll just keep going. But then this this Sunday, I'll probably just like wow. I'll be completely hungover and I'll spend the whole day on Netflix and I won't check emails. <laughs> you know. So I just you just you nice. if you're on them yeah. if you have momentum just keep going don't be like oh I need to rest like, I'm like I don't need to rest when I don't need to because I've got the momentum nice but then if I need to rest pretty much all Sundays I'm just completely watching Netflix oh I love that like you you keep the momentum going and I don't beat myself up on it yeah yeah but when it's time to rest you just let yourself yeah cool what is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten the best advice so my boyfriend sorry husband used to tell me he used to tell me that I'm not special Mm. and so this is when never I whenever I have like a really arduous task or a big obstacle that's what he would tell me so I remember when I was trying to learn how to he wanted me to when I was learning how to drive I learned how to drive at a really late age I got my license when I was 26 Mm -hmm. and so he was trying to teach me manual and I was like it's too hard just let me learn auto I don't I can't drive manual it's too hard and he said all of Europe drives manual. You think you're so special that you have some special condition that precludes you from driving manual? Like you just can't drive it. Like what makes you so special that you can't do it mm, when so yeah. many other people can? And so, right. and this happens when there's something at work, like public speaking, like I can't do it. He's like, well, there's all those other speakers that are doing. Because the right. first time I had to do a 45 minute speech without, um, without like palm cards or with you know you have to memorize he's like well other people are doing it so why can't you do it what makes Mm. you so special and so telling me that actually has made me just like go all right Jane hunt the fuck up and do it (laughs) (laughs) no I like that perspective Mm -hmm. the last one finish the sentence the most amazing part about life is just how exciting it is and how the fact that when everything goes to plan is actually boring and it's okay Mm-hmm. that just you just got to accept the volatility and that's part like when things are bad that's when that's when you feel great when you fix it and things get better it's it's about the ups and downs right it's not trying to make it perfect it's just accepting that it's yeah. going to be up and down especially in like that's business. Life. yeah yeah okay and lastly where can we find you online oh okay well i'm on instagram as the lazy ceo and also on facebook and YouTube, I have like a bunch of vlogs on YouTube as well. And also, I have a business group called Like-Minded Bitches Drinking Wine. We have Cute. almost 120,000 members. And wow. so we do events. We have a few, a bunch of events in the States as well. And so it's a great forum for people who want business advice. Everyone is so helpful and supportive in the group. So the Facebook group, I recommend everyone to check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jane. It was such a pleasure talking to you and you're just doing amazing things. Thanks so much for having me. All right. I hope you like that talk with Jane Liu of Shopo. Make sure you check her out on all her socials. So now I'm going to share some key takeaways from our conversation. The first key takeaway was the idea that nothing is wasted. All of your experience is used. For example, Jane was at a job that she didn't like in accounting, so she would always be on Facebook during her work. But when it came to starting her own business, that experience of spending so much time on Facebook came in handy because she killed it at Facebook marketing 
happening with Shopo. And that social media savvy is one of the biggest reasons why they're so successful. The second key takeaway is to accept that there will always be ups and downs, highs and lows, and that is just part of the journey. In Jane's journey, she had her fair share of ups and downs, her fair share of failures, and her perspective of failure is that you just use them to learn. They are learning opportunities, and she said she didn't want to start another fashion brand after failing at her first fashion retail business, but in hindsight, that's actually the exact thing that you should do because if you failed in it before, that means you learned a lot from that failure and you would do it better the second time. The last key takeaway is for any of you aspiring entrepreneurs out there, if you've always wanted to start something, if it's ever been your dream to start your own business, become an entrepreneur, then the best advice is to just start. Don't overthink it. Just take the smallest step you can think of and figure your way through because no one has all the answers in the beginning. You don't know how you're going to do it, but if you just take one step at a time, eventually you're going to be well on your way to build a business. And I'm pretty sure that Jane didn't have all the answers when she started. She just had people guide her and lead her towards the right direction in the beginning. And then she just took it one step at a time from there. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast interview. Love you so much. And I will talk to you guys next time. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.